grateful that we still can gather together for worship. And I'm also grateful that each and every one of you has continued in your giving. You have enabled us to do tremendous things during this period of time. Not only have we been able to support missions all around the world, but local churches are benefiting from your giving. And we've been able to help out others during this time and not just ourselves. And I'm grateful for that, that you've given not just according to your means, but beyond your means. So from the bottom of my, our heart, we want to say thank you. I'd like to share a verse with you before we continue this morning. It's found in Proverbs 19, verse 17. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. Thank you for your continued generosity. You have enabled us to really make an impact in our local and our global community. You can continue to give by going to lowellag.org backslash give. You can also give through our app by texting lowellag to 77977. You can also give through Venmo, Cash App, or click give at the top of this video or in the description below. Again, thank you. Uh, we deeply appreciate your continued faithfulness in everything that we get to do as a church. So would you join me in prayer as we give and as we look to God's Word today? Lord, thank you that we can continue to be part of your solution for this world by giving of ourselves. I pray that during this time, God, where we hear your Word, that you would speak to us, you would help us, that you would transform us, that we would continue to bear your image well and that we'd change the world through our living as well as what we give, God. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, thank you for joining us here at Lowell Assembly's online service. My name is Pastor Paul. We're so glad that you're joining us this Memorial Day weekend. We ask that you take a look at some of the links below if you're on the online platform. Uh, see if there's some things that interest you there. And if you would like, share, and follow, we'd appreciate it. That would be great for us. If you're watching by cable television, we welcome you to reach out our way. If you have any prayer requests, you can text the word prayer to 978 396 9094, as well as if you want notes for this service. So again, that number is 978-396-9094, either prayer or notes. And this just gives you a way through online or through uh, television here for you to reach back in our direction. We'd love to be help to you. Memorial Day weekend, we wanna to say to every single one of you from the beginning here for, who have served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, we appreciate you, we honor you. We're grateful for Veterans Day. That's the day where we give tribute to every single one of you who are among us that have served and preserved freedom, whether you're in active or inactive duty. Memorial Day was established that we would give honor to those who paid the ultimate price to preserve freedom and security for family, friends, and our country. And we are indebted to you. Our church has always been very grateful for veterans. Prior to me coming as pastor five years ago, they would put small flags all across the front of the lawn. While we've been in lockdown, there have been so many other things we've had to give attention to that it, it slipped our mind until one of our church members came up and said, Pastor Paul, it would be my honor to put those flags in the ground. I know what that takes. It takes hours. It takes sweat. Um, and every year we do that, people 
sure enough, pull over on the side of the road and they jump in, even if we've never met them, because we recognize that you deserve recognition. Those of you that are veterans, we honor you, we appreciate you, and we're grateful for you. My son, Andrew, has been doing a family tree in Ancestry.com and, and just digging up all kinds of stuff. He's, he's really great at it. Some of the things I learned are new and some of them I, I, I didn't know at all, but our family has a long history of military that go, service that goes all the way back to the American Civil War. One of our family members, his name was uh, Colonel Fagan. He was in the Union and he survived multiple battles, the Battle of uh, the Siege of Yorktown, the Battle of Williamsburg, uh, the Seven Day Battles. He was at Gettysburg and yet lived to tell about it. So he would be a veteran, honored on Veterans Day, not on Memorial Day. In the picture that you're looking at, he's got a sash that was given to him by Mrs. Lincoln, who made it as a personal favor and act of kindness for her, and he, he wore that for this picture. Years later, my mother's uncle, James Gilroy, was in the Navy. He served in World War I and lived through that war. It wasn't until World War II on my wife's side of the family that her great uncle, Arthur Leprad, was serving on one of the ships, the, the Blue Wood, that was in the middle of the Pacific during that stage of the war, right, at, right at, during the time of Midway and after Pearl Harbor, and his ship was bombed and he gave his life to preserve freedom and to protect and to uphold all that we stand for here. I wanna say to you today, if you're out there, maybe you are someone who not only has been in active service, but you have someone in your family in the recent struggle for freedom and the fight in the Middle East. Maybe you've lost someone to war or battle and you're maybe a widow or a widower and you're trying to move forward with your life. We want you to know this is a church that loves, appreciates and respects you. And if there's anything we could ever do for you, ask, because if we can do it, we will. If we can't, we'll let you know. But we are surrounded with a group of people that would love to reach out and bless you. So thank you so much for your service, all of you. What can we talk about on Memorial Day? I mean, obviously, above all, it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Jesus is the ultimate memorial service person to honor. He gave his life so that all humanity might have life eternal. I mean, there, there isn't a greater sacrifice that's made. I was reading with past, some stories with Pastor Dylan recently about a man by the name of Robert Maxwell in World War II. He just recently passed away. In World War II though, there was a grenade that was thrown at a group of the men and he threw himself on it and amazingly survived with scars to his face and protected the people that were there. It wasn't until years later that he passed away uh, as of late from natural causes. What is it that makes a hero somebody that would step out and do something like that? I think it's valor. In fact, one of the highest awards within the military next to the Congressional Medal of Honor is, is the award of valor. It's a quality that makes somebody a hero, whether they lay down their life or not. And that's what I wanna talk with you about is the quality of David's mighty men, the men of valor, the Gibors, is, is the Giborim, the men, the, the mighty men of David. We talked a few weeks ago on Mother's Day about that same word of valor being used for the Proverbs 31 woman. And this here can apply to every single one of us. Warriors come in many shapes, sizes, and in all genders. And so we just, again, are so grateful for you. Listen to this though. I think there are three people that can really 
speak into our life of how to live like a hero, whether our life is ever called upon as, as a sacrifice. That the Bible calls us followers of Christ, the, the, the Christians, the, the followers, the martyrs, the literally the martyreo, the, the, the believers of Jesus were referred to as living martyrs. They lived, there's a movement right now in, in the Assemblies of God called Live Dead, that, that you live your life in such a way that it portrays the valor that the honor of God and the kingdom of God is what matters most. How do you, how do you achieve that kind of men, mentality, that mindset? Uh, that comes from God. And listen to this, here it goes. It says this, 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses eight through 12. These are the names of the mighty men who David had. Josheb Bashebeth, a Tekonite. He was the chief of the three. Listen to what he did. He wielded his spear against 800 whom he killed at one time. 800 people with one spear in one battle. Next to him among the three mighty men was Eliezer, the son of the son of Dodo, the Ahohite. He was with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the men of Israel withdrew. He rose and struck down the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clung to the sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. And the men returned after him only to strip the slain. And next to him was Shema, the son of Agi, Herahite. The Philistines gathered together at Lehi, where, he wa where there was a plot of ground full of lentils. So it's a bean patch, a garden. And the men fled from the Philistines, but he took his stand. And in the middle of the plot, he defended it and struck down the Philistines. And the Lord worked a great victory. It's unfortunate that horror is what brings out the hero that we reflect back in honor. But the quality of what makes somebody like this, that is something that heroes lay their life down so that we could live that out in our own lives. And I think that the qualities of these three men and the truth here from God's word is a challenge for us that our life is an occasion to rise to it, that those that laid down their life have given us an opportunity to raise up ours and to live with that type of honor that they were willing to lay down their life for. You look at these different men, Josheb Bashebeth, this guy, he's, what a unique name. Don't, man, don't name your, any of your children that, but look at this. He wields a spear and kills over 800 people. I mean, you could just picture him. He's in a corner. He's picked his position well. And the word that's used for him to wield it is, is this graceful skill. I mean, take the great martial artists like Bruce Lee and, and, and uh, all of these films that you see and the, the, the over-the-top grace that they have. This man is, is wielding his weapon with skill and smoothness all at the same time. And I believe that one of the characters that can make you and me a, a mighty man, not just a man of God or a woman of God, but a mighty man, a, a, a mighty woman of God, a woman or man of valor, is that we would wield our character the way that this man wielded his spear. 
that we would look for those moments where we can practice. You know, I, I heard this saying that said, practice makes perfect. No, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. You practice because you're continually honing your skill. You're resharpening it. It dulls off. A, a soldier, a martial artist, or anybody performs something over and over and over and over again. And through that routine, it doesn't become perfect. It becomes permanent within you. And I believe what God wants us to do is to exercise character in the private place so that we're ready to wield it in the public platform when we're called to defend the kingdom of God and to stand up for that which is right. I remember when I was a kid, it was, it, I couldn't have been more than nine. It's a little bit fuzzy, but but what happened is clear. My friend and I were coming, Wally, we were coming out of the woods, we were walking down the road, and all of a sudden, leaves turned into $100 bills. I kid you not. And it is showering money. It's like you're in that money fan, you know, grabbing, grabbing dollars out of the air. I, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was the most adrenaline-driven childhood moment of my life. We're screaming like, can you believe this? Look at this money. We got... And so we go home. And as soon as I walk in, I'm telling my mom and dad, look at this money. We can pay the house off. This is great. I'm going to get a bike. And my dad's like, that's awesome. Where did you find that? Oh, we were over here by, you know, grandma's house. He goes, wow, Paul, I bet you somebody's looking for that money. I wonder if you lost that money and you were looking for it. I wonder how you would feel if somebody found it and was able to get that back to you. And I was like, the thing that I appreciate about my dad is that he was wielding a spear of character. He was demonstrating a deed of daring. He was shaping my life in such a way that I would be a man of, of practiced integrity so that when the moment came for it to be done, that it would be something that was permanently ingrained in my life. And yet with sorrow, I returned that money. It turned out that somebody went looking for it unprompted. It wasn't like we said, here's the money. And then someone's like, oh, that's mine, right? There was somebody looking for the money. He found who that person was, even asked, you know, what, what, how much was lost. And we got it back there. I, I will never forget that experience, but I will never lose the permanent character that was ingrained in me about integrity and honor. Is it perfect in my life? No. But is it permanent in there? Absolutely. Practice doesn't make perfect, it makes permanent. God wants to make us mighty men and mighty women that wield love, like this man wielded a spear, that, that wield hospitality and kindness and goodness and gentleness, the fruit of the spirit, all those things. You wanna be a mighty man or a mighty woman of God, begin to wield your spear with practice. Practice, the Bible says this, practice hospitality, practice kindness, practice gentleness, practice self-control, because practice doesn't make perfect. It makes permanent and it makes you a mighty man and a mighty woman of God that God wants us to be. The second person we can learn what valor and a life worth memorializing is all about here is found in Eliezer. Eliezer, the son of Dodo, a Hohite, and although his name might invite making fun of it, the truth of the matter is, is that his life definitely didn't. He was with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. Now, I don't know if that's talking about when it was back in, when he stood against Goliath. But one thing's for sure, he was with David from the beginning. We know that. So it's potential. He was there. But there was one moment in this group's life, David and his mighty men, where everything was at 
at danger of being lost, where freedom was threatened, where the kingdom was about to be crushed. The enemy, the arch enemy, the Israelites, the Philistines gathered right at the doorstep of Jerusalem in a, in a plot called the Valley of Rephaim. And it's here where not only David, but this man, Eleazar, drew his sword and began to swing. And in fact, when he swung that sword, he kept swinging until somebody had to say, stop. And then when he finally stopped and they knew the battle was over, his hand was stuck to the sword. I mean, that is, I, I've, I've never worked that hard that I held a rake like that. I've never worked that hard that I held a lawnmower like that. This man holds his sword and was so ferocious and valiant in battle that when the time came for him to rest, he couldn't even let go of it. That is valor. That's a man of God. And if I could just flip this into our life, what does that mean for you and me? I can tell you this. If you are saying one of the goals of your life is to be a child of God, that you want to be a follower of Christ, that you want to be a man or a woman of God, that you want to be counted among the, 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 the kingdom of heaven, that you want Jesus to be your Lord. You do not go into battle without a sword and you do not walk the Christian life without God's word. A Christian without God's word being read and fed into their life is like saying somebody is going to live without drinking water. It doesn't happen. It withers you. You need to grab onto God's word. I, if I could just speak right to the heart of some of you that have fond memories of childhood Christianity, people taking you to the church, maybe memories of revival or, or you know, moments of sacredness and sacred space in church where maybe the idea of reading the word of God leapt out at you, but it's been a long time since you picked it up. A man and a woman of valor grabs onto God's word and don't let it go. It's time to pick up God's word again. It's time to read it with your family again. It's time for you to meditate on God's word. That means that it's actively a part of like, what does God have to say about this? Where does scripture fit with that? But Jesus said this, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of the father. But you can't say it is written if you haven't read it. It's time for us to pick up God's word again and make it a regular part of our life. No soldier goes to battle without a weapon and no Christian walks through this life with the enemy of our soul looking for an opportunity to destroy it without picking up God's word. It, it's, not, it's not as out of reach for you as you think. Some of you, when you say that, you might feel the, the frustration with yourself, the inability to develop the habit, the shame of may, maybe, maybe you're a shame-driven person. That's not what we're talking about here. It's right there in reach of you. Pick it up, pick it up, grab it, and hold on to it. Take a chapter from Proverbs, one for every day, and that'll get you back on track. That is what makes a man of valor. This is what these men had. One, practice his skill with a spear that he could kill 800 because practice made permanent. Another man, Eleazar, picked up the sword and refused to ever put it down until the battle was done, that God would make us people that live that kind of valor, that make heroes that lay down their life fighting like that. That's what a mighty woman and a mighty man of God are all about. Third man in this story that David says in this section titled literally David's final words, his memorial, his chiseling into scripture of remembering these men is the man, Josheb uh, is, uh, I'm sorry, is the, the third man is Shammah. The last man here is Shema. 
He's the son of a gi, and whoever that man is, I don't know, but whatever he did to raise the son that he did is phenomenal. Here's what I love about this guy. It says that the Philistines come rushing in, and in verse 12, it says this, but he took his stand in the middle of the plot and defended it and struck down the Philistines, and the Lord worked a great victory. Picture the scene. People are not even expecting the enemy, and that's the way that, that, that the enemy, the devil, the, 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 the world, our flesh, all of these enemies that want to dismantle God's kingdom and God's greatness for your life, they come out of nowhere. Have you ever found that temptation happens in the least expected moments? Have you ever found that, that a blow or, or a, a, a depressing situation comes in always at that perfect moment. It's because we are surrounded by enemies, just like they were surrounded by enemies. And here's this man. This is what I love about him. The enemy comes rushing in and everybody runs. I don't know what it was with this man. Something inside of him says, I don't care. I don't care where this goes. This this plot of ground is mine. This is my inheritance. This is given to me by God. This is, this is what God's given to us. This is what he gave Joshua. This is what he gave. And this man just digs his feet in and he says, here I stand and if I die, I die. And everyone says, that battle is hopeless. They flee. What does this man do? He swings, he cuts, he, he deflects, and he continues. And while everyone's watching at a distance, the bodies begin to pile. And it says that they gained strength and they came back. But they, they come back for what? He, the guy, what was he fighting for? He was fighting for something. He says, God hasn't given me much, but this is what he's given me. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need to stir myself and say, you know what, there... There are some things worth living for. There are some things worth fighting for. And spiritually, this is the place and the hill that I'm going to die on. I'm going to draw my sword. And I, I'm sick and tired of hell taking back my children, my, my finances, my, my faith, my peace. What is it in your life? What is that plot of field? What is that patch? It might not be much, but that's yours. You're a child of God. It doesn't matter whether you're you're a perfect Christian or not, or a regular Christian, or somebody who's never even made that connection with Christ. You're created in the image of God. He has great promises for your life. He's given you places that he wants you to stand, and that's exactly what we need to do. In fact, if you jump into a different section, when this battle took place, David names this area Baal Perazim. That's Hebrew for the God that breaks through. Some of you watching this right now, there's your whole life is under assault. Your peace, your 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 financial stability, your your personal well-being, your life is under assault. Your family's under assault. Your fear is 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 being heightened, and the enemy is just turning up the volume on everything. And I think God would have you. Take a lesson from this hero, this, this, this mighty man of God to say, it's not much, but it's mine. This is my inheritance. This is what God has for me. And that you would take a stand and you would put your feet and say, you know what, God, give me strength. And you know what? People will watch your life from a distance and, and they might not say, ah, I'm not going to risk that. That's what makes a hero a hero, that we say enough is enough. It's time that we take back our children. It's time that we take back our peace. It's time that we take the inheritance that God has for your life. It's yours. He died for it. 
so that you could live in it. He didn't, Jesus did not die on the cross so that you could live there in guilt and shame and just hold your breath until heaven comes. He died on the cross so that you could have a life and life more abundantly, that he would make you a mighty man and a mighty woman of God. And as I close this off, I look at Ephesians chapter six, verses 12 through 18, listen to this. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the, the powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Friends, we are surrounded by enemies, seen and unseen. The Bible says that we have three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. You're outnumbered three to one, but that doesn't mean that that victory can't be brought by the hand of God and the valor that he's put inside of you to stand, to swing, to wield, to take that which God died for that you could live in. You know, in World War II, after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, the morale of America tanked. It looked like all we would know from there forward was defeat. And it was at the beginning with a, a, a commander, Doolittle, that took a group and bombed Tokyo, something that they weren't expecting was even possible. And it was looking for the longest time as if, as if we weren't going to be able to hold our own in the Pacific. But it was at the Battle of Midway where we were outnumbered and we were outgunned and that through a trans by intercepting a, a communication that was that was a code that was broken we were able to see what the enemy was plotting and we were able to position ourselves so that one of the greatest victories in naval history that ever took place happened and changed the fate of the country that we call the united states of america we could have been the subsidiary of nazi germany this is, we could have been a state of japan but at a moment at that time in history, something was broken and something was built up inside the heart of every soldier in that part of the world that took their stand. I don't know if you feel that you're outnumbered, that things are hopeless. You may feel like you're beyond hope, but you are never beyond Jesus. Heroes take a stand. Heroes practice to make permanent and wield the word of God so tightly that they have trouble setting it down. We have a saying in our church and it's this, it is never too late to become the person that God wanted you to be. And it's never too late for you to become the person that you were supposed to be. And I don't care how old or young you are watching this, there's no better moment than to make that step right now. I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray that God would show you that this ability to be this kind of hero is right within reach of you. It's not as far as you think. Secondly, that Jesus would be the hero of your life. That's the most important thing, that he would be that hero and your life would be an ongoing memorial of living what he died for, that you would have freedom. And that lastly, that God would begin to not only help you Take your stand, but begin to spread out your life and take hold of every single thing that he died for that you could live for. Every great and precious promise that belongs to you, to your children, and to your children's children. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now I just pray for everyone watching, listening, 
Your spirit isn't limited by time or space. And right now, I pray that your presence would fill the place where they're at. I pray that you would help them know that it was ordinary people that have always done extraordinary things. And that you haven't called us to idolize others. You've called us to utilize our life in your hands as a weapon to build the kingdom of God, to defend the weak, to take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of us. I pray, God, right now that you would let courage rise, that you would let hope begin to kindle within the lives of people that are listening to this prayer and that they would remember that you died not so that they could wait, but you died so that they could live a life and a life more abundantly and that you have promises for them to live and, and, and partake of and you have places for them to gain for the kingdom of heaven and that, Lord, that you can bring the hope that they need for their family and their home to experience the love and the power that you brought through the victory of the cross. I wonder if you'd pray this prayer with me. If you've never asked Jesus to be that hero, or it's been a long time since you've had him in that place in your heart, I want you to pray this prayer with me. You, it's right within your reach. It's right within your reach. Here it is. You ready to take it? Pray it with me. Father, say this prayer. Dear Jesus, be the hero of my heart. Help me to live for everything you died for. You died so that I could live. Forgive me of my sins. Be Lord of my life and help me to be a hero. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I believe if you prayed that prayer, Jesus has become Lord of your life. We'd love to reach out to you. You can certainly call the church. Many of the connections that are available here online, we encourage you to do that. We want you to know we love you. We're praying for you. You are a hero. We also say to every single one of you in the military out there, thank you for, for your active and your inactive service, and especially to every single one of you who had a loved one that laid down their life for the cause of freedom. We, we honor you and we love you. God bless you. We'll see you next week as we talk about Psalm chapter one. Thank you so much for joining us for service. Please go to lowellag.org to keep tuned in with everything that's happening here at the church. God bless you and we'll see you soon.